This is CPX number 53, the Hail Mary part 2. We are in prayer part 11 in the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X, CPX, page 56, question and answer number 7 to 11. For CPX stands for Catechism of Pope St. Pius X, first published over 100 years ago. We have a long one today on Mary, and then a short one on Mary for the Hail Mary part 3, so try to make it to the end of the day, because it's amazing stuff from the saints on Our Lady. God give you his peace, and nomine patris, affidiat spiritus sancti, amen. Heavenly King, Consoler, Spirit, Spirit of Truth, who art present everywhere and filling all things, treasure of all good and source of all life, come dwell in us, cleanse us and save us, you who are all good, amen. In nomine patris, affidiat spiritus sancti, amen. Number seven, which are the words of St. Elizabeth and the Hail Mary? Answer, the words of St. Elizabeth are these, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Number eight, when was it that St. Elizabeth said these words? Answer, St. Elizabeth, inspired by God, said these words when, three months before she gave birth to St. John the Baptist, she was visited by the Blessed Virgin, who then bore her divine son in her womb. Number nine, what do we intend by saying these words? Answer, in saying the words of St. Elizabeth, we congratulate the Blessed Virgin on her high dignity as Mother of God, and we bless God and thank him for having given us Jesus Christ through Mary. Number 10, Whose are the other words of the Hail Mary? Answer, all the other words of the Hail Mary have been added by the church. Number 11, what do we ask in the last part of the Hail Mary? Answer, in the last part of the Hail Mary, we beg the protection of the Blessed Virgin during this life, and especially at the hour of death, when we shall have greater need of it. Thus are the words of the Holy Pope. So I expected some non-Catholic Christians to get involved in the VLX series, but I'm surprised to see they're also involved in the CPX series here. Maybe some of them would want to know why do we as Catholics call Mary the mother of God? Does that mean we as Catholics believe she was pre-existent? No. Mary was born of Anna before the second person of the Trinity took flesh in Mary's womb as Jesus Christ. Do we believe she's the mother of the second person of the Trinity? And if so, doesn't that sound like we kind of make her a mother God? Well, the answer to this is simple and beautiful. It's because you can't be the mother of a nature, only the mother of a person. You can't be the mother of a nature, only the mother of a person. It's going to make a little bit more sense in a minute. Now, realize this first. A person is the center of your responsibility, whether that's human or divine or angelic. And Jesus is a divine person, not a human person. Now, don't panic. I'm not denying Jesus is 100% human. Jesus is 100% human. But the center of his responsibility, his personhood, is only one, namely the second person of the Trinity. So Jesus' personhood was purely divine as the second person of the Trinity, even though he has two natures, that of being 100% human and 100% divine, and also two wills, his human will and his divine will, which do not oppose each other, but out of a natural human tendency to despise death, this is why Jesus had to pray in the garden, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So Jesus is one divine person with two wills and two natures. One of the early heresies was Nestorianism. I'm going to tell you a little about Nestorius here. Nestorius was an early heretic against the early Christians who misunderstood the situation of Christ being one divine person with two natures and two wills. Happily, Nestorius was taken on by a great saint who we celebrated this past week, St. Cyril of Alexandria. The old divine office tells us of him, Cyril of Alexandria shone in a special way in his zeal for the integrity of the Catholic faith against Nestorius, the Bishop of Constantinople. 
who asserted that Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin Mary was a man only and not God, and that divinity had been added to him for his merits. Okay, let me pause you. Obviously, that is the error of Nestorius, not what St. Cyril taught. After trying in vain to persuade Nestorius of the truth, St. Cyril denounced him to Pope St. Celestine. As the delegate of this pope, he presided over many sessions of the Council of Ephesus. In this council, the Nestorian heresy was completely condemned, and Nestorius himself deposed from his see, while the Catholic doctrine was proclaimed that in Christ there is but one person, and that a divine person, and that the glorious Virgin Mary is the mother of God." End quote. So Nestorius was wrong, and the Catholic Church again affirmed that Jesus is a divine person, and therefore Mary is the mother of God, even though she was created by God, not vice versa, of course. So Mary is the mother of Jesus, and because Jesus is God, we can say Mary is the mother of God, even though she wasn't preexistent. You know, maybe a little bit easier story to understand than the Council of Ephesus. Father Grishel, who is the founder of the CFRs, those are the uh, Franciscans that walk around in the Bronx in praying the rosary, doing pro-life work. And Father Grishel was often invited to speak to Protestant communities. I remember seeing him on EWTN once, and he was down at a Baptist community, I think way in the South, African-American Baptist community. And he, in his New Jersey accent with his lisp, got up to the ambo, got up to the mic, and a big community of tons of Baptists in the South, and he asked them, was Mary the mother of God? And so all these people in this congregation, this African-American Baptist congregation, everyone was shaking their head. No, Mary wasn't the mother of God. But Father Grishel tells this story. He looked up and in the back was all the animators, all the guys who were the pastors in their nice suits and ties. They all were nodding their head. And Father Grishel pointed out these men had gone to seminary. Why is it important they went to seminary and understood this? Because in Protestant seminaries, they studied all of the early Christological heresies and they understood you can't be the mother of a nature. You can only be the mother of a person. And because Baptists, of course, affirm that Christ is a divine person, the second person of the Trinity, the eternal word, therefore marries the mother of God. So Father Grishel's point in all of this is that Protestants, whether black or white, if they've studied the first 500 years of the councils, which all Baptists have, they're going to admit Mary's the mother of God. Now, they might be a little bit shaky with those terms, might have a certain allergy to it because it sounds like Mary's pre-existent in saying that. But again, as Father Grishel said, you can't be the mother of nature, only the mother of a person. Well, now we're 20 years later and there's some new heresies in the church. Remember that heresies in the church often reflect the errors of the times we live in. So it's no wonder that a bishop these days would say something as ridiculous as what we just heard this past week, that Christ became a human being but not a man. <laughs> At least if I gleamed the correct indictment from Bishop Strickland's tweet here. Bishop Strickland tweeted, quote, Bishop Bode, I respectfully call you as one bishop to another to return to the truth of the deposit of faith for your salvation and for the good of the church your statement that Christ became a human being but not a man is ridiculous and heretical. I cannot stand by in silence. End quote. Now that's a good correction from Bishop Strickland. I don't speak German, so I don't know what Bishop Bode actually said. Of course the Catholic faith does teach. We know this much. The Catholic faith, of course, teaches that the second person of the Trinity took a male body, not an amorphous body. So also the mother of God had to have a female body to truly be the mother of Jesus. Why are people doubting this now? Well, again, heresies 
in the church often reflect the errors of the times that we live in. Strange that we live in dark times that not only doubt divine revelation, but apparently even have a bishop doubt natural law. These are things that pagan cultures didn't even doubt. But let's end on a happier topic, kind of a long one, probably 10 more minutes in this, in this podcast, but I think you're going to really enjoy this part. We're going to end on the happier topic of the bodies and souls of Jesus and Mary being planned before time. Now, even though I said Mary was not pre-existent, there is a truth that each one of us, you and me included, were in some sense in the mind, so to speak, the mind of God before our birth as what philosophers call the formal cause. Now, when I say the mind of God, I certainly do mean that God is three personalized persons without a body before all time, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, but not a cerebrum and a cerebellum and a hippocampus. But now that we have that behind us, let's do a little philosophy real quick before we get to our main point here. There are four causes of a thing, and some philosophers use a table, yes, literally a table, as a good example to look at the four causes. So, the material cause of a table is wood. The final cause of a table is dining. The efficient cause of a table is carpentry. And the formal cause of a table is the design or the blueprint in the mind of the carpenter. Let's talk about that last one, the formal cause of something. You see, a table has to exist in the mind of a carpenter as a blueprint before it's actually made. So also, you and I existed as an unrepeatable blueprint in the mind of God trillions of years ago, even before you were born. That's, by the way, what makes abortion so horrible, that you are an unrepeatable design of God that he had in his own mind before all of time. So we could say trillions of years ago, but it's actually in eternity he had you planned. So let's go to that blueprint there. If you and I were a blueprint in the mind of God, how much more the body and soul of Jesus, which again, yes, was a creature, and also the body and soul of Mary, which of course was a creature, was in the mind of God. I think it was St. Francis of Assisi who taught that the most perfect blueprint of the male body and soul before all of time was already Jesus Christ, toward which all men were formed, those born before him and those born after him. And of course, the most perfect blueprint of the female soul would be Mary, toward which God even had in mind, say, Eve, even though Eve was born 4,000 years before Mary. You see, if I understand the Franciscan view correctly on the primacy of Christ, it's called the primacy of Christ, then the patriarchs and the matriarchs of the Old Testament were not only made in the image and likeness of God, as everybody out there already knows, but specifically made in the image of Jesus and Mary, respectively, even though they weren't born yet, with preview of them as the male perfection and the female perfection, especially of the soul, since our souls reflect God's image and likeness in its intellect and will. But specifically, we're all made with some type of preview in Jesus and Mary in being made even in their image and likeness. Again, if I understand the Franciscan view of the primacy of Christ correctly. And I do hold to this Franciscan view more than the Dominican view, but you can disagree in the comments if you want, since this is actually a good point of debated speculative theology, that is, the primacy of Christ, where good minds can disagree. Now, the funny thing is that if I were to say God created the human body and soul of Jesus Christ, most of you think, well, okay, God the Father specifically made Jesus' soul and body. And that is true. That is totally correct. God the Father did make the created body and created soul of Jesus 
which as a human was a creature. But God the Son, Jesus Christ, also was the creator of his own body and soul, that is, the human nature and the human will of Jesus Christ. Kind of weird to us modern minds that Jesus made his own body and soul, but it's true. Now remember, the second person of the Trinity is the eternal word, who is the Son of God, who existed before he made his own body and soul, whom we rightly call Jesus Christ, who had a 100% human nature hypostatically conjoined to his divinity as the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God. So God the Son is the creator, not the creature, but he also had his own future body and soul in mind, so to speak, from all of eternity and would take flesh in that threshold right between AD and BC that very week in our calendar 2,000 years ago. And the next perfect creature thought of as a blueprint from even before the angels were created would, of course, be Mary, even higher than the seraphim and the cherubim, as the divine liturgies say. So the blueprint for every future man is Jesus, and the blueprint for every future woman in the Old Testament was Mary. That is, if I understand the teaching of St. Francis of Assisi accurately, even for those who wouldn't make it to heaven. Now, not that God predestines anyone to hell, but he has foreknowledge of those who reject his grace. But let's get back to Jesus and Mary. Even though Mary was not preexistent, meaning existing before God, of course, the blueprint of her existed as the formal cause in God's mind as the most perfect mother for him from before all of eternity. In fact, St. Bonaventure went so far as to say, God could make a bigger world or a wider sky, but he could not raise a pure creature higher than Mary. Listen to that quote again. God could make a bigger world or a wider sky, but he could not raise a pure creature higher than Mary. And this is why Archbishop Fulton Sheen wrote a whole book on Mary called The World's First Love. His poem at the beginning of that book says, quote, The woman whom even God dreamed of before the world was made, end quote. You see, God was dreaming of Mary before he made the angels. Now, that doesn't mean he was physically dreaming like we do on a pillow with REM in our brain. And in fact, of course, the idea of God dreaming of his mom before she was born might sound a little sappy to some of you. But when you realize in philosophy that a formal cause is the blueprint in the mind of the creator, then it makes perfect sense that Mary, as his future mother, had to be the woman whom even God dreamed of before the world was made. Please say an hour, Father, for me, at benedictio deum et patentis, patris et spiritus sancti, ascendet super vos et maniat semper, amen.